Welcome to the Career Podcast. We will be joined today by Alsa Pockwins. Uh, he's the Internship Coordinator of Leiden University. And he will be joining us for a conversation on internships and how to obtain one and benefits. Um, so without further ado, and uh, we'll be co-hosted by Peter, of course. Hello. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here today. Great. Well, we're, we're going to redo that later. <laughs> but um, without further ado, uh, welcome, Atze, to the show. Thank you. I'm also very excited to be here. So you're the internship coordinator at Leiden University. What kind of activities does your function include? What sorts of things do you do? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, first of all, my official position is uh, career advisor and internship coordinator. So it's both uh, intertwined. Partly it's about internships. It's a part, important part of your career preparation, of course. But um, yeah, the, the, the activities uh, my position uh, include, well, summarizing it would be bridging the gap between university and the labor market. And uh, we do that via one-to-one career advice for students who don't know what they want to do, want to have a chat about what opportunities to have. Uh, we organize events like working at an NGO, uh, a career week. We give workshops where you can learn how to write a CV or motivation letter. Uh, and indeed, also, we help looking for internship. Uh, and once you found an internship and you want to be a part of your curriculum, we can help you how to get it approved. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. Uh, but because we are a, a podcast for students, uh, I would like to know what kinds of services you provide for the students who want to do an internship or just in general, what kinds of services you provide for them? Yeah, very good. Well, yeah, students can contact me with all questions regarding uh, career advice. Uh, so, yeah, how can I find an internship? Where can I start looking? How can I find a part-time job? They can have also practical um, uh, questions like, can you check my CV or can I practice a job interview? Um, yeah, so every, basically everything related to work. Excuse me. So you also maintain these uh, relationships with uh, organizations in the labor market? Yeah, we are, we are in contact with them. We know a lot of organizations also send us uh, vacancies, both for starters uh, as well as for internship vacancies. And also, of course, yeah, it's in contact with organizations. We, we always look, when we organize events like working at an NGO, we, uh, we try to look for uh, former students that are currently working at an NGO, but that were work, walking on half a couple of years ago and now have this experience and know how it is. So they can really tell current students what they did and how they got their current job so you have uh, some uh, some examples maybe and really well do you already know what you want to do for your uh, elective credits yeah I, I probably want to work at an embassy like that would be very nice or maybe at the eu oh that that's something i hear a lot from people and that's very good to and every year students ex- succeed to do an internship at an embassy or an international institution but like i said before also there i realize that there are more roads that lead to rome so for me, I did my first internship. I didn't get in in an embassy, so I did an internship somewhere in an NGO in Africa. And then later, uh, I applied for a second internship uh, at the embassy. And then I already had lived five months in Africa. I already had experience with themes that were about uh, development aid. So my advice always to students is also with picking an internship. The don't don't um, don't think it's an embassy or no internship. You can also do a great internship at the language school, learn about marketing, and then later you apply for another internship at an NGO. Then you already have marketing experience. 
that can be just as relevant. So always think broadly when applying for internships because it will always be a useful uh, learning experience. And then later during your master's or for a second internship, you already have this uh, experience. It's all right. Thank you. That was a pretty substantial answer. Um, so where do students internship the most? Is that uh, actually within The Hague or somewhere else, perhaps internationally? Yeah, good question again. Um, well, there was a pre-COVID and a COVID uh, internship time. And then, well, I'm working here since 2015. And let's start with the majority, of course, pre-COVID. Uh, I think around 70% of the students went abroad for an internship. Uh, in my experience, many international studies students are really curious about the regions they study and they want to be there, go there and experience it. And uh, some do that via an exchange. Yeah. Uh, but of course, in many regions, we have less partners. In Africa, we don't have a lot of partners. But if you want to go to Africa, you can do an internship over there. Uh, so mostly you go abroad, but also here in the Netherlands, they find very interesting internships at uh, the criminal court here in The Hague, NGOs, uh, Oxfam Novib. <laughs> so many go abroad, but also here in the, in the Netherlands, many students find interesting internships uh, here in The Hague at the embassies. OPCW, for example, uh, Organization Protection Chemical Weapons, uh, also other NGOs, but uh, also in uh, the private sector, for example, I'm supervising a student who is doing an internship at Heineken, Amsterdam, and she's doing research uh, about opportunities to introduce non-alcoholic beer in India. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, she is here in the Netherlands, but it's a very international uh, internship. Uh, and here during COVID, to, uh, to end uh, the answer of my question, yeah, many students do an internship from home. There are less possibilities, and that's, of course, a pity. Uh, but I really think yeah, as soon as it's possible, again, many students will really try to go out and do an internship uh, live at an organization again, because also then you experience how this office life or how this professional life is. And that's uh, you can get something from it working at home because, well, everybody's working at home now, so it's part of our reality. But um, yeah, I really can't wait to uh, to see uh, to draw a map. Uh, normally, once a year, I make a map for the U.S. international. Uh, sorry, that's now. Uh, once a year, I uh, make a map for the U.S. international study staff to show where our students are during their internship. I make this world map. Yeah, for me, it always makes me happy to see China, Mongolia, Peru, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, Egypt. Uh, yeah, you guys go everywhere and I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's very interesting. But is it like now I could hear that it's mostly non-governmental organizations? Like how much is the proportion of people working in NGOs? And also are there people working in private organizations and companies? Um, yeah. Yeah, so like uh, like I said, uh, it's well, I don't know the percentages, but I would... If I have to give a percentage, I would say 40% NGO, 40% public sector, and 20% private sector. Uh, but this can change every year, of course. Uh, it also depends a little bit about the possibilities. If you are a non-Dutch speaker and you want to do an internship in the public sector, yeah, you have to go to your home country almost always because you have to speak um, the same as a Dutch person. Yeah. You cannot do an internship at the Italian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You have to, so you're always limited a little bit by where you're from. Oh, and then also in the private sector, like I said, uh, organizations like Heineken, but also consultancy firms, uh, movie companies, Musea also. People have done an internship at the university uh, in Colombia. 
yeah, it's too much to name. But have there also have there also been cases when, uh, let's say, an, an international student worked in a Dutch company or in a Dutch organization, or is that rather rare or non-existent? Um, it can happen, but um, where are you from, Peter? I'm from Austria. Austria. Well, yeah, it's a little bit the same. Let's say if I would move to Austria tomorrow and I don't speak German, yeah, can you tell me where could I work? So there will be some possibilities probably, maybe some multinationals or very international NGO. But yeah, I will be more limited and it's the same a little bit here. The, yeah. Well, it's a, a quite a large variety of organizations. So do you usually find the companies for the st uh, students or do they find them themselves? Uh, no, I do not find them for the students. Uh, first, yeah, it's a very simple reason. Uh, I don't know where you're from, what you like, what you're capable of, uh, where you're ambition lies. So I can help you. Huh? You say, well, I prefer to go to this area or I want to really want to do an internship with sustainability. I prefer to go here and here. Then I can see, well, I know people have been there in the past. Maybe that's an option where I know this organization Or we can look together. Uh, Pre-COVID, we could sit behind my desk and start looking, sometimes even via Google and sometimes that I know of certain uh, websites. But in the end, you decide where you want to go and what you want to do. So that's, uh, yeah, so you, you're behind the driving wheel and I'm the assistant driver. That's cool. Yeah, and I think also for students, it might be quite important to know because we're, we all probably don't have a lot of money right now. If internships in general, are they... Paid a lot? Are they not paid? Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't know you all were poor. But, uh, I see a lot of MacBooks and expensive uh, soya latte coffees uh, in Leinhaven normally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should not joke about this. Maybe you should. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, are internships paid? Um, yeah. First of all, it's not legally. Um, uh, sometimes they are paid and sometimes they are not. There is no law that an internship should be paid. Um, yeah, to to. To break the dream, an internship will not make you uh, quickly rich. The maximum that I know of that an internship reward can be is around 600 euros a month. It's of course quite the money, but that's the maximum that I know of. That's often with public, um, the public sector. And sometimes also the private sector, if you go to, again, to uh, a well-known organization, uh, especially in Western Europe, most likely you will be paid. But if you go to an uh, NGO uh, for human rights in um, Brazil, they will not have 100 euros a month to pay you. So it's an investment then. Uh, I think an investment that can pay out because you will learn valuable work experience. And for internships abroad, we also have uh, some uh, scholarships that will not cover all your costs, but at least, uh, yeah, it helps a little bit. So the scholarship last year we had for going outside of Europe was 1,000 euros in total. But it helps at least with finding uh, and booking a flight maybe and uh, one dinner. Uh, in, in Erasmus, there is also yeah. an Erasmus uh, scholarship. Just like when you go to study in uh, Europe, you can also get a monthly uh, allowance to do an internship. And that's around, it depends a little bit. If you go to Sweden for your internship, you will get more money than if you go to Bulgaria. But it's between 100 and 150 euros yeah, a month. Yeah, that's a little help at least. Oh, that's actually very important information for a lot of students. Um So do these students that obtain internships at these big prestigious firms or these successful internships, do they have anything in common or is it just a pure uh, will drive? Mm, no, I don't think, 
In general, what's quite important, I would say, if you, because often you do the internship in your third year or later a little bit. Sometimes people stay registered at university after the bachelor before they do the master's to do an internship. And it, what I would say, it's a little bit of build up. So the moment you start international studies in your first year, yeah, you're fresh out of high school or maybe you've been somewhere before backpacking or language school or whatever, but you, you are quite young and, and fresh, let's call it that or unexperienced. And then it doesn't mean that after three years, you're suddenly very experienced. You have the knowledge from international studies, but if once in a while during your studies, you do something actively outside your comfort zone, and that can be anything, maybe once go volunteering, or maybe join a basis uh, a committee, or maybe if you're not into basis, which can also be the case, be active during a summer camp from your church or from your sports group or and by doing these kind of small things it will increase um, your employability so your tv will be uh, you have a part-time job maybe well now it's not possible but a part-time job in scheveningen during the summer can really show that you know how to work hard uh, doing volunteering uh, shows that you have social uh, engagement which is very important for ngo so my advice would be it doesn't matter what you do and don't see it as you have to do a lot of things next to your studies if once in a while you're active, you do something new, you will gain new experience, you will get to know new people, and this will show, also can help you getting the internship you want. So you would also say that like that an internship really helps you in your future career or for your future career? Yes, Peter, I think it does. Uh, because, well, I can give you my example. I studied European studies. I always thought I wanted to become a diplomat. In the end, I did an internship at an embassy in uh, Cotonou, Benin, in uh, Western Africa. <laughs> and I found out that the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs is very conservative. It's very, uh, you have to be very careful as a diplomat so you don't, there is no can-do mentality. So I realized during my studies already that I wanted to go into a different direction. So it can also, or it can be that you always think you want to go in this direction and you get to know people, you get to know professionals, they get to know you. So you build a network where you want to end up, or it can be a change that you decide maybe to do a different master's degree. Um, a couple of years ago, we had somebody who did an internship in Barcelona at the business school because she thought she wanted to go into education. But this was uh, three, four years ago during the riots in Catalonia. And at the business school, there were a lot of American students and they had to be very careful about the safety because with the lawsuits and everything, so they were building up a lot of safety and crisis security plans, how to keep everybody safe and about processes and protocols. And because of that, she realized she wanted to go into crisis and security management. So she actually changed her master's choice during her internship. I think that's gonna be a funny- uh, Yeah, that's a pretty funny turn. Um, building on that, um, uh, what would you say are the most important skills students should have prior to following an internship? Anything important students need to know or need to have before they go on an internship? Um, no, again, I would say um, uh, be active during your studies. So, and don't see that as something you have to do, but sometimes do a little bit something outside your comfort zone. That can help a lot and, and shows that you can deal with situations. So not a, uh, not a rigid advice, sorry? but just be active and apply yourself um, outside of... Yeah, um, that. And if you, if you want to know a little bit what you can do, so it's not a must-do uh, list. Uh, if you check the website Leiden University Career Zone, there is a career route planner, and that gives you advice for every year, bachelor one, bachelor two, bachelor three, even masters, what you can do to keep on um, 
um, keep on um, developing yourself. So that's maybe the last uh, the, the, the advice you would like to give. Go to the career route planner, Leiden University Career Zone, which is also a very useful website, I would say, with everything with regarding career preparation. All right, great. Uh, so, and like as the last question, we would like to know, let's say, what would you like as your general advice? Uh, what would be like a general advice for first, second or third year students? that don't really know yet what they want to do after they finish their bachelor program. Could you maybe give us or also our students a little advice about that? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I would, would take this whole thinking about the labor market or about jobs. Don't, don't Sometimes I realize students uh, experience a lot of stress with it and they think it's the highway or, or nothing at all. So they think if I don't do two internships, If I don't study abroad, if I don't graduate cum laude, I will never get this job. Well, the world doesn't work like that, so don't worry too much about that. You're doing a great degree internationally, uh, so there are a lot of opportunities and possibilities. Um, to give you an example about me, I uh, studied law for two years, then I quit studying law school. I went uh, to Spain for two years to work in a hotel at the age of 22, 23. I started with my bachelor program. All my fellow high school uh, classmates were already graduating. So, but still then I did my bachelor's degree. I got an internship at an embassy. So it's not that you have to put too much pressure on yourself. As long as you're open, you're open for new experiences, you will be fine, I say. Um, and secondly, also don't take too much pressure about time. So sometimes students graduate and they say, well, I have to do my master's now. I really have to start uh, working because not they will never hire me. But yeah, I know many organizations, if you say, well, I'm 21, 22, I just finished my bachelor degree. I don't know exactly which master program I'm going to do. You know what? I'm going to work one half year full time to save some money. I'm going to do half year of traveling and then I'm going to do my master's degree. If somebody would come to me with uh, with a CV like that, I will never say, "My God, why are you? Why didn't you go straight studying your master's degree?" So many organizations do understand that that you're young, and of course, if you're take eight years to finish your bachelor's degree, and after that you're going to travel for four years, well, then it's maybe a little difficult to to explain that you're the most ambitious person in the world. But in general, don't take uh, too much pressure or. Uh, experience that because uh, many organizations they have been young they also know that sometimes you make a wrong choice sometimes you do something extra it takes a little bit more time and most uh, are very uh, understanding about it. i think that's definitely a very very good advice for all the students um and with that i would really like to say thank you to you atze very thank you very much for coming here today thank you for hosting me and to our listeners thank you for listening And we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye.